You're listening to Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. Richard's style is very unique, where he shares the message of the gospel unlike anyone else. It's real, refreshing, focused, and fun. Whether you find yourself in a good place, maybe in a difficult place, or possibly even in a very lonely place, let me encourage you that you've come to the right place. Now, if you're not able to stick around with us for all of today's talk, you can always listen to, download, and even share this entire message with a friend right from our website, richardellistalks.com. So, with today's talk, here's Richard Ellis. The title of today's message is New Chief. We've talked around here recently about a new leaf. So let me tell you something about a new leaf and why a new chief is essential to a new leaf. So if you decide to make some changes in your life and you say, okay, Lord, this is what's got to go. I hear what you're saying. Turn another page. Move on. If you do not find yourself under new management, it will not work. If you do not have a new boss of you, if you do not have a new chief running your life, you will immediately almost go back to your old ways of life. People say, well, it's, you know, sometimes New Year's resolutions are made and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. When Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing, nothing means nothing. And so when you embark on a life and on a journey, especially of change, and you don't include him in that change and his management and his leadership and his authority, then it's not going to go well. We like having a savior. We don't like having a Lord. We like having someone rescue us from our sin. We like the idea of I will now die and go to heaven, but if I still choose to live like hell, that's what I can do. And that's where this thing goes completely sideways because God will not allow you to do that. So if you're genuinely a Christian and you wonder why there's so many things coming at you and God is allowing so much, he is probably trying to transition you from just having him as your savior to having him as the Lord, the authority, the boss of your life and acknowledging him as God, which if you look at the word that literally in the Old Testament, Yahweh, there are places it's translated Lord God, something else. Go to Matthew 20. So in Matthew 20, There's been some discussion here about who's going to sit next to Jesus. And some of the disciples are upset. Two are saying, can we sit on either side of you? Verse 24 of Matthew 20. And when the 10 heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to himself and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Now I'm going to tell you what nobody wants to sign up for servant, much less slave. And if you take the word Lord and you take the word master, And especially in our culture, these things get really messed up. The reason we hate the idea of slavery and a master in all these things is because you don't want to be owned by anybody, right? Who wants to be owned? We have rights. Now, please follow me really closely. And I promise you, you're not going to like this. When you become a Christian, you yield your rights. You say, well, what does that mean? I can do whatever I want to do when I want to do it. And how's that working out for you? 
You say, well, I like Jesus in my life. You know, I needed him. I needed a savior. I got me a savior. I got him on board. And, you know, there's certain things I consult with him. You know, I don't need him running the place. I just need a consultant. And maybe we don't even take the stuff to him. We say, well, I just want to do this and I'm going to do this. And so we literally start living like we own the place. It is very hard. It almost feels harder as an American to yield authority, to yield our very lives, everything to him. Is it my money or is it his money? Is it my stuff or is it his stuff? Is it my life or is it his life? My book says I'm bought with a price. So if I've been purchased, I'm owned. Now, you say, well, whatever, dude, even if you can back it up with scripture, I ain't living that way. And you're going to live the way you're living and it's only going to de-escalate till you die because you will run your life and where are you going to run it into? The ground. You say, but if I do what you're talking about, if I make him Lord, if I make him the boss, what's he going to do? I don't know. What's he going to do? I can tell you one thing he's going to do. He's going to serve you. Now think about this. He did not come to be served, but to serve. Now, do you think he's quit doing that? Read the rest of this story. Out of, well, if you go on in that passage, won't get into this, but what does he do? He takes a towel. He's done that already and washed their feet. He said, well, I'm not washing anybody's feet. What are you going to do? I'm not serving anybody. I'm trying to get in, in a place of authority. I'm trying to get where I can run things, me and everybody else. It's completely upside down. You say, but if I do what you're talking about, I'm going to lose my life. Exactly. And you know what the Bible says about that? When you lose your life, that's when you find it. But if you hold on to your life, you lose it. Go to Matthew chapter 7. There's a couple of places I want to read you this story. And then we'll read the one about the washing the feet in a second. So Matthew chapter 7. Now he uses this word Lord. Verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, just because you're using the words, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But who's going to make it? He who does the will of my Father in heaven. Now, so what does that kind of mean? If I say, are you a Christian? Yep, I was born in America. I'm a Christian. No, I didn't ask you where you were born. I asked you if you're born again. Or if you can bark a few spiritual terms, Lord, Lord. A good indication sooner or later that someone is truly a Christian and that he really is the Lord, Lord of their lives is what? He will end up doing the will of my Father in heaven. You will have a desire. Now, I'm going to tell you that this message for me at the point in my life where I am, you would think that I have figured all this out. I am aware now, I guess more than ever, that I will battle to the death or the return of Christ to yield. I do not want to yield all of me to God. You say, well, you're the preacher. Shouldn't you have done that already? Like, what are we going to do if you can't even do it? I didn't say I can't do it. I'm telling you the flesh will scream at you and say, we own you. This is not his house. This is my house. And we're gonna do what I wanna do. Now, I cannot be the only person fighting this battle. You say, well, what are the other options? You either yield it and you're good at the moment with him, or you're not even fighting. It's not his house. All I can tell you, if you really are a Christian, it's not gonna go well. 
because he is going to turn everything not against you, but towards you in such a way that he will allow you to do what you want to do, but there will be consequences that you will not want anything to do with. And for what purpose? When we finally yield and make him the Lord, when we give him control of our lives, then our lives begin to work the way he intended. But until then, it's a lockdown. So just read a few of these verses again. Verse 21, Matthew 7 says to me, Lord, Lord, enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Man, you just don't want to hear that. You claim to know me. I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whoever, and then this story, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And so he goes in this story, you either hear what I say to do and do it, or you hear what I say and you don't do it. And if you hear what I say to do and do it, you're like a wise man built his house on a rock, a solid foundation. If you don't do what he says, you're building your house on the sand, it's coming down. So you say, well, what are you saying about my life for me? I'm telling you, it's coming down. If it hasn't already come down, it's coming down. You say, no, it's not. Yes, it is. It's coming down. Well, it hasn't yet. It's coming down. Oh, no, no, I'm going to beat the system. The system is God. You don't beat the system. John chapter 13. Now, I didn't know this stuff growing up. Well, let me just read you the story. John chapter 13, verse one. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God. So it's finished, although it's not finished. He still had to go to the cross, suffer, die, shed his blood, be buried, raised from the dead. But basically he's come to do what he came to do and he's willing to do it. And now this is his last encounter with his followers. So he knows it's a done deal. He rose from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. Clothes off, a towel, wraps it around himself. God in a man, on the way out, before he dies. Then he poured water into a basin, began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel in which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Like, no. Jesus answered and said to him, what I am doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Then wash me. Jesus said to him, he was bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean and you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. Therefore, he said, you are not all clean. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord. You call me teacher and Lord. And you say, well, meaning you're right. That's who I am. For so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, 
you also ought to wash one another's feet. I never knew Jesus was willing to serve me. What do you do with that? You say, I thought God wanted stuff from us. I thought he was just trying to use me to get something done, but he's not interested in me. Where do you think all this stuff comes from? Daily bread, clothing. Oh, I work for that. Oh, now we're back on you again, aren't we? How'd you make all the, oh, I'm a self-made man. Oh, I see. So you just reached down in the dirt and made you. Seeing as you didn't exist to make you, how did you make you? Sooner or later, the Lord God has to be the Lord God, and then you got a situation. Because if he's God and you're not God, then he's either for you or against you. Turns out he's probably for you, no matter what a scumbag you are, or he wouldn't have sent his son to rescue you. So you can resist that all you want, but clearly he came to seeking to save that which was lost, so that would be you. Has it ever occurred to you that maybe he's trying to serve you? You say, well, he wouldn't do that. What was he doing to them? What's the example? And then he uses the example and says, this is how you're supposed to be toward each other. Well, I'm not serving anybody else. Nobody's taking care of me, and that's where you're wrong. He's taking care of you every day. Every day. Why am I not dead? I literally today woke up thinking about a friend of mine who is dead. I stood in the shower and I'm like, Lord, he's dead. I'm not dead. Why am I not dead? Maybe his time was up and he's home. Okay, good for him. But how am I still alive? No matter what precautions I take, I can't keep me alive. So he's provided health for me. He's provided food for me. So much more. Where do you think that comes from? Oh, I just got lucky. Oh, I deserve it. My goodness, what's he going to have to do to get our attention? Because when we don't yield to him, what we've basically said is, look, big boy, I can take better care of me than you can take care of me. So you know what? I got this. Okay. Okay. I'll just ride because I'll never leave you or forsake you, but this is going to be a bumpy ride. Verse 14 again. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. So if Jesus is my master and I am his son, his servant, and I am his slave and I am owned by him, then what do I have the right to do? I have the right to say, yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Richard, I need you to speak to that gentleman over there. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. I'll be happy to. No, Lord, not today. Not today. I'm just not feeling it. I'm going to look stupid if I walk over there and do what you're trying to get me to do. I might cry. I'm tired. Nah. And how does that work out for that person who's been praying and waiting Man, it's just hard to let go, isn't it? Because I got plans. If your plans are not his plans for you, they're going nowhere. They're going nowhere. John chapter 20. This is after Jesus has been raised from the dead. Most people, you know, kind of know the story of Thomas. He wasn't there when Jesus showed up the first time. And then he shows up again. Verse 26. 
And after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here. Because he had said, unless I put my finger inside and see the nail prints in his hand, I'm not going to believe. So he's patient with him. Reach your finger here. Look at my hands. Reach your hand in here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, what did he say? My Lord and my God. That's it. That's who he is. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. I am so sure that Jesus is the Lord God. I've banked my whole life on it. You say, well, you're a fool. It's not true. There's no God. I had a kid tell me that this last week. Sat with him, patient, listened, ended up a few hours, and he believed nothing. And I kept trying to gently deposit some seeds. It's not even that he better be God. He is God. And if he's not, have I wasted my life? It's a good way to waste it. It's the best way I ever found. Because no one ever cared for me like Jesus. I got more verses on him being Lord, but who cares? You're either going to make him Lord or you're not. And all the begging and pleading in the world probably don't work anyway. I'm just asking you to take a simple step of faith and say, Lord, if you got into the place where you say, I need to turn a new leaf in my life, and so I'm making that move, he's got to be the boss. He's got to be the Lord. He's got to be in control. He's got to be running it, or you will run it into the ground again and again and again. I do not have the skill set to manage my life without him. And neither do you. And I get that people say, I'm scared because I have this plan and I'm going to be rich and I'm going to be famous and I'm going to have more followers than anyone on whatever your social media platform may be. Really? Oh, yeah. Two million people watch my TikTok. And who cares? I changed the world. You changed Jack. You felt good for a minute, and now you got to do it again to get your jolt again. How many followers do you got that you're going to lead straight into heaven? Get you some of those followers. Amen. Yeah, but I'll, if I risk everything, I could lose all my dreams. All my dreams are nothing compared to his dreams for me. What could be better than that? Romans 10. I'll read you a few more, and then I'll quit. So by the way, some of this is for Christians, right? Some of this I'm saying to me and to us, if you're a Christian. But some of this also is for someone who's not a Christian. And you're doing what you do, right? I don't, I meet some really evil non-believers and I meet some really nice non-believers, just really nice people. There's all kinds out there. The problem is it's not gonna work out in this life without him the way you really can and it's really not going to work out in the hereafter it doesn't work out here and it doesn't work out hereafter so if any of this resonates man i'll talk to you all day long about this because i can't make jesus dying on the cross being buried and raised from the dead make sense unless he makes sense of that but if it does man get in on this deal priceless romans 10 9 and 10 that if you confess with your mouth, what? The Lord Jesus. 
that Jesus basically saying he is God and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I confess the Lord Jesus, he is Lord. I have made him savior of my life. I have made him Lord of my life, but I keep taking it back. And then I give it back and I take it back. I don't want him running everything, but when he runs everything, things go a lot better for me. I'll tell you how strong this is. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. I've had people come into my office and something's not right. Spiritually, something's off. Like I feel like the enemy, something's going on. And I've looked at people and I said, who is Lord? And they say, what do you mean? I say, you tell me who is Lord. And some of them will say, well, Jesus is Lord. I say, okay. And some of them can't get the words out. You say, well, that's crazy stuff. It's right in the Bible. Someone from the other side is not going to say Jesus is Lord because he is not Lord to them. So you might not want to do it right now, but I highly recommend somewhere along the way today, say, Lord, see if you can get it out. Jesus is Lord. Try that. Now, you say, oh, it came out. Now we just got to see if we can get it to come out in your life. You say, well, but it came out of my mouth. That's a good start. <laughs> but if he's Lord, okay, here we go. That means it's not my day. It's not my life. It's not my house. It's not my car. It's not my anything. Oh, yeah, it is. This stuff's mine. Then he's not Lord. All right, think just for a second about your favorite thing. Maybe a ring, maybe a coat, maybe a car, whatever you got, your favorite thing. Here's how you find out if Jesus is Lord. He comes along and says, you know that sure is a pretty coat you got on there. I'll tell you what, I think that lady over there might enjoy that coat. Give that coat to her. What? I paid good money for this coat. Well, whose money did you buy that with? My money. Really? And there we are. Let me make you a really simple suggestion. Don't be buying anything he can't give away. Don't be buying anything that he can't give away. <laughs> well, this is going to get tricky. Oh, it's already tricky. Because we think we own a bunch of stuff. Turns out that stuff owns us. I had a coat like that. I've told you the story about my coat, my Hugo Boss coat. Boy, I bought that thing on sale. That was some kind of bad mamma jamma coat. I know who has it because I gave it to that man. I couldn't have it anymore. Lord said, get rid of that coat. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. See, if you're not somebody without the stuff you put on or around you to make you somebody, you're not somebody. You can strip Jesus down and hang him on the cross. He's still God. Got nothing, but he's still God. And he died just like that. Richard will be back in a moment to wrap up today's talk. But first, I want to share a couple of thoughts with you. Let's be honest. Real life isn't about living some highlight reel for others to see. Most people have deep hurts, questions, and struggles. Well, we get it, and we want to help you in any way we can. So let's keep this conversation going. You can give us a call anytime at 855-6-RICHARD or connect with us at our website, richardellistalks.com. 
You can even put in your prayer request right there on the prayer wall. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD or online at richardellistalks.com. And now let's get back to Richard with a final word on today's show. Here's a good one. Philippians chapter two. (laughs) What a book. What a book. I had trouble getting here today to this. This was a fight all night long. Somebody didn't want me here today, I can tell you that. I wasn't sure how this was going to go. Philippians 2, 9. Therefore God also has highly exalted him, talking about Jesus, and given him the name, not a name, the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's a fact. Now, whether you state it as a fact in this life or whether you live it as a fact in this life remains to be seen. But I am telling you from personal experience, you lose your life, you find it. You hold on to your life, you lose it. And time is running out. You want to see some change in your life? Then have some change of management. You may need a new chief, not just a new leaf for it to work. Thanks for listening today to Richard Ellis Talks. We're confident that the program blessed you, and we want to hear about it. One way is to give us a call and let us know. The number is 855-6-RICHARD. Another way is to drop us an email. Jump on over to our website, richardellistalks.com, and click on the Connect tab at the top. We'd love to hear from you. And while you're there at the website, there's a ton of great stuff there just for you. Things like all of the talk from Richard, a prayer wall where you can leave your prayer request, and a whole lot more. Check it out, richardellistalks.com. Finally, we love doing this program for you, but we're so grateful when you hop on board to help us with the cost. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD, or you can contribute through the website. It's easy and much appreciated. 855-6-RICHARD or richardellistalks.com. Until next time, God bless you, and thanks for listening to Richard Ellis Talks. Richard Ellis Talks.